Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Helping you get to the back end of the work week. Welcome to the Hump Show on After Hours. Hope that this cute little ditty helps you feel better about hump day. You're heading into it. We're actually in the midst of hours. Wednesday becomes so much easier when you start with our show and all of our goofiness. We're going to get you over the hump. Getting you to the good half of your week. It's the Hump Show on After Hours. about the number of coaches who've been fired just recently in the last couple of months. And really, if you expand that out for a full year in pro sports well, and college sports too, where they don't make headlines as much nationally, but it's happening there as well. I mean, think about the Ohio State basketball coach uh, who was fired right before the Purdue game. And then his interim goes out and leads the upset of the top ranked well, not top rank, sorry, of the uh, highly ranked Purdue Boilermakers. It is not an easy job to be a coach in pro sports or in college sports. There's very little job security, and it's all about what have you done for me lately. Now, one of the positives is that you can make a lot of money, and that money can be guaranteed or there can be a buyout when you're fired. So if you have a good agent... And he negotiates you a long-term deal, but you end up getting fired after, I don't know, a year or two of that deal. Well, you could end up living high on the hog for a while without having a job. Now, that doesn't necessarily satisfy everyone. For instance, if I was let go, laid off from this job, I do have a fully guaranteed contract. So I would get paid through the end of this year. But it wouldn't make me feel good to collect a paycheck for not doing anything. Uh, I could certainly pay my bills and that would be helpful. But I like my job. This is my passion. It's my calling. Being out of radio for the rest of the year would stink. So I really don't want that. And I know there are a lot of coaches. What they really want to do is coach. Um, In the NFL specifically, it's long hours. We know a lot of them end up with health issues, whether heart uh, or some other type stress-related issues uh, because they rarely sleep. Um, And in some cases, they don't see their families for months at a time. Uh, You know that the... 
dealing with the media and the pressure that comes with it, uh, answering to a high profile owner uh, or one who's impatient, but also a guy who is thinking about his bottom line and maybe doesn't know football. Uh, You've got your own staff you have to deal with, not to mention a, a roster of players, some of whom might even well a lot of whom especially if we're talking NBA make more money than you do I mean it's I say in the NBA it's actually more of a game manager which is funny because in football that's somehow a negative connotation but in the NBA you're managing everything you're managing playing time you're managing skills you're managing the media you're managing egos it's a circus sometimes, and there are very few NBA head coaches that I would say have the complete and total backing of the front offices. I think a great example is Miami, where Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra are in lockstep. I go back to the days, and this is early in Eric Spolstra's tenure, I go back to the days when LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh had formed the triumvirate there in Miami, and LeBron, they you know, they had a little trouble finding their rhythm initially and figuring it out. But it in that stretch where it took a while, LeBron was unhappy with Eric Spolstra, was unhappy with the system, maybe wanted more autonomy, who knows what the issue was, but he actually petitioned to get Eric Spolstra fired. And as the story goes, Pat Riley said, no, he's my coach. He's in charge and backed him fully. I love that. But that's not the case for, I would say, the majority of coaches out there. They do not have the 100% backing of their bosses. Right now, Jerry Jones is backing Mike McCarthy, much to the chagrin of many fans. But the difference is the locker room loves Mike McCarthy. I mean, they've, they have pointed to a lot of their success in the last few years because of Mike, including their quarterback, who has got a great relationship with him. But very often, it becomes owner and front office against coach. And that is a precarious position to be in because as the coach, you are not going to win that battle. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Unless, of course, you win on the field, the court, the ice. Well, then, uh, yes, you have some job security, but it is fleeting. What is the toughest job in sports? Is it coach, manager? Is it quarterback, kicker, goalie? I mean, as much as we're talking about the speed of the pucks flying at a goalie's chest, how about a goalie in soccer who has to cover a lot more territory. I saw this great response on Facebook. Let me see if I can go back and find it again. I think, and I want to give credit to the guy who posted it, but I I think it was any goalie who has to face Cristiano Ronaldo bearing down on him. Or how about Messi? (laughs) Messi, to be sure. Sasha on Facebook says QB1 of the Dallas Cowboys. Brandon says the odds makers in Vegas. Now, that's interesting because I think the house always wins. Eventually, the house always wins. But I would agree it's a pressure-packed job. Did you all see? I'm going to have to go back and find it because I read the story, but I'm not exactly sure where I read it. There was a record amount of money bet in the last year. 
let me see if I can uh, find it and give you the numbers because I don't want to spitball this. I was actually thinking a handicapper who makes his money off handicapping. Well, then you get incensed gamblers who blame you, even though you're still the one who has to make your own choices. They'll blame you for what they believe is wrong information or you're supposed to be the expert. You're supposed to be the analyst. How come you steered me in the wrong direction? So, yes, with with more and more people gambling, with more and more money being wagered, well, then you're talking about handicappers and odds makers who definitely are feeling the pressure and feeling the heat. All right, here it is. According to Forbes, Americans gambled a record. Are you ready for this? 66 and a half billion. That's the B word. Do we have 66 and a half billion dollars in this country? Americans gambled a record 66 and a half billion dollars last year. This is from U.S. casinos who reported a third straight year of record growth. In Vegas alone, are you ready for this? In Las Vegas alone, $8.83 billion wagered. OMG. Now, this is taking it even further down the rabbit hole. But as Americans gamble more and more on sports, the revenue for the sports betting industry is skyrocketing. What did I just say? The house always wins. You can win for a while, but the house generally comes out on top. So last year, even as more and more Americans placed bets to the tune of $66.5 billion, a record number of, of bets and a record number, a record amount of money spent, the gaming industry hosted a record $10.92 billion in revenue. Okay, so that's how much money they made on the wagers. We collectively as Americans bet $66.5 billion. The Gaming Association reports $10.92 billion, nearly $11 billion in revenue. That means generally as Americans, <laughs> we do not win the majority of the time. My goodness. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. It is the Hump Show. We're a half hour away from Ask Amy Anything. It's Ryan's first time. He says he has his questions. He's ready to go. He's fully prepared. He seems confident. Let's figure out if overconfidence is his downfall. This could be the toughest job in sports. (laughs) Hey, it's not my job. It's everyone asking the questions. That's true, but you have to pick them and pose them and do it with some flair and some tood. I'm going to be ready. We're going to be judging you. Uh, Let's see. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, or on our Facebook page, you can send your last second questions or your last half hour worth of questions. Uh, From Paul in Birmingham, the toughest job in sports, the Iditarod racer. Talk about the temps and the wind chills. Oh, yeah. And the so the mileage alone is challenging in the harsh temps and, and the Alaska climate. And then you consider the fact that you're also trying to take care of a team of dogs that can be subject to the elements as well. They have to eat. They have to stay healthy. 
It's your responsibility to take care of them. Uh, oh, also, we know this firsthand from Matt the Musher, who is our friend in Alaska. He he lost 20-something pounds. He didn't eat. He barely slept. I mean, you're doing all of this in the elements, but you're also doing it without really being in full possession of your senses. <laughs> you just answered two of the questions people have asked online. Really? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, that was an accident. They weren't, they weren't on the list, but... Oh, gotcha. They wanted a Matt update. Oh, a Matt update. And then I can offer a Matt update. John called, and he was like, "Hey, you have a, a dog in the race." So. All right. Well, we can certainly offer a Matt update because I do keep in touch with him. The toughest job in sports is what? So again, on Twitter, on Facebook, send your questions for Ask Amy. You still have a little bit of time. I hope Brian is leaving room for any straggling questions that may come in and pique his interest. I'm looking. There's okay. Good. There's... Eh. Eh, eh, meh. Uh, wait, you're how old? Are, well, you're in your early twenties, correct? Yes. Okay. So is meh still a thing? Like meh. Yeah, like, like meh. Blah. Right. Yeah, it, is, it is. It is. Okay. It's still a thing. Uh, one of these days, I'll have to ask Ryan to give us his explanation of bro, bra, and bra because I've asked multiple producers, and sometimes it comes with comical results. There's there's different meanings of each word yes exactly so bro could be like yo bro like hi <laughs> be like what's up bro or it's like or bro means move out of the way in an angry way so there's a friendly angry huh and then question mark way like bro wow interesting okay so that's uh makes it even more complicated uh glad i brought it up that might be something for our last show of the work week <laughs> 855-212-4227. Let's go with Phil, who's in California. Phil, welcome to the show. Hey, Amy, how are you doing? This is my first time calling. Awesome. A uh, couple things. Uh, that 66 plus billion, that's just legal gambling, for one thing. Um, second thing, the hardest, toughest job is the job we have to pay to do, and that's being a fan. <laughs> well, do you... Uh, Okay, it doesn't cost you a lot if you don't go to uh, a stadium or an arena in terms of your pocketbook. But, yes, it will cost you heart palpitations. It will cost you maybe years off your life. It might cost you some of your hair if you're a dude. Anxiety. Yeah, agreed. Oh, man, just depression. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a friend throw his radio when he was 10 years old, and then when he was 30, he went outside and cried. So, Oh, yeah. It it definitely does create much angst if you have found a team that is not a consistent winner. That's for sure. (laughs) But but once they win, it's phenomenal. Oh, see, then it's all worth it, right? Isn't it all worth it? Yep. I went to my first 49er game in 1968. Wow. And was a fan forever, rooted for the Raiders when they won. But when the 49ers won, it was so sweet. And I was actually... Lucky enough to go to two of the bowls. One was at Stanford since I'm out here, and uh, I had season tickets for over 20 years. Wow! And uh, we also went to Miami to see him beat Cincinnati for the second time with uh, Joe Montana's 34 second pass to John Taylor. Mm-hmm. Boomer aside, and remembers it well. Uh, so, okay, so I'm sure he does. How have you recovered from this most recent Super Bowl loss? Still haven't. It's, it's a lingering ache. Yeah. But they're, hopefully next year they've improved a notch each time. Purdy has done phenomenal. 
uh, first year getting to the championship game, even though it got injured the second year, and not even a second year full starter, but second year getting to the Super Bowl and being right there, two fumbles killed us, uh, a couple other decisions killed us, but uh, it's uh, hopefully next year. Mm. Well, so here's one major step forward that I think it's worth highlighting for the Niners. They got through the entire season with one quarterback. That's huge. That was huge. Yeah. Yes, most definitely. It's a turnovers, mistakes, mental errors, you know. It, you know, they had the jitters and you gotta give it to Casey and Patrick <laughs> Mahomes and he is phenomenal. He definitely is. Uh, if you haven't seen the mic'd up edition of the Super Bowl, I encourage you to watch it. It gives you such an incredible insider's view of what was happening on the Niners sideline even as that game is unfolding at field level. My gosh. Well, maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it's too soon. All right, sir. Good to talk to you. Thanks so much for your phone call. Thank you much. Have a great night. You too. I would agree that being a fan is hard on the ticker, but if we were narrowing it down, being a Jets fan, a lot harder on the ticker. Uh, being, let's see, a Maple Leafs fan right now, hard on the ticker. Although you do have Austin Matthews, and he's terrific. It's just the the playoff success has not come with yet. What else? Who else could you say? Ease. Uh, A's for sure. Oh, man. Could Coyotes. you even call yourself an A's fan at this point? But what about, for the longest time, a Lions fan? And now it's incredible. I mean, now people want to be Lions fans. For those who are diehards, you think, what? Are you kidding me? Get off my bandwagon. It's like, get off my lawn. Get off my Lions bandwagon. You were not here when they were consistently terrible and breaking our hearts. Uh, that's, I think that's a rite of passage, actually, now. You get to enjoy it. I hate when people do that. Right. When when they gatekeep. Yeah. That, well, okay. But I also think it's cheap. And just as someone who grew up in New England and covered the Red Sox and rooted for them when I was growing up as a kid in New Hampshire, when they finally won the World Series at 04, do you know the bandwagon collapsed with the number of people who were jumping on it? I mean, it was it was gross. It was like all of a sudden the Red Sox were everyone's favorite team. And that includes girls in Kentucky who who knew nothing about the game and had never seen anything to do with the Red Sox or Fenway Park. Any fan is better than no fan. <laughs> is so it? What about an uninformed fan? Eh. If if they if they show support and they have the enthusiasm of a fan. Oh, okay. It's okay. So you can be you can be completely ignorant about what's actually happening or who's out there on the field or how the game goes, but as long as you're enthusiastic. Yes, as long as you show energy, do the cheers. (laughs) As long as you don't run the prices up, that's where I get a little Ignorance is bliss, though. So that's not the toughest job in sports. (laughs) What is the toughest job in sports? Maybe a perennial gambler who is rising and falling with what are infinitely more volatile sports. Like, for instance, how many people could have seen the Yukon blowout at the hands of Creighton in Omaha just a few hours ago? Or how many people could have seen, I'm trying to think of what, uh, well, the Miami Dolphins late season injuries, right? And how their offense went all year and then boom, they drop off 
the edge of a cliff. Not literally. I love it when people say literally, and it's the opposite of literally. (laughs) It is really difficult to project. This is why I do not predict, because predictions are just guesses. And in the NFL, when you make predictions, the NFL laughs in your face. What is the toughest job in sports? I guess maybe it could be a handicapper. But I'm thinking more inside the sports industry. So on Twitter, after our CBS, here, it came from Javier on Twitter. Any goalkeeper facing Cristiano Ronaldo, that is true. So whether it's our show Twitter or my Twitter, our Facebook page, you can continue answering this question. I love that we've had so much participation. But also, send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. That comes up in not even 20 minutes. We're there, peeps. We're almost there. It's the Hump Show. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. I told our owners uh, when they called, I said, I think you... I don't understand why you're doing this, you know. Um, and they said, you know, one of the things they said was, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now. And um, we, we we want you. And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't, I, that was, that's where you had the hesitation. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Doc Rivers. He is the muse for this question of mine on After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. The toughest job in sports. It might be NBA head coach. You are uh, you are very often the fall guy. You, at times, I would say a lot of the times, make far less money than the superstars on your roster. You have to deal with managing egos. Forget the role of social media as the head coach. How often do they have to actually listen to you, even when you're a championship coach? And it's easy come, easy go. Even when you are highly decorated and have a long track record, you get blamed. You don't get any of the credit, but you definitely get blamed when things go horribly wrong. And then if you're Doc Rivers... You are brought in. Now, I don't know if he realized it or could see it. He's brought in as a consultant by the Milwaukee Bucks front office to work with Adrian Griffin, who was a first-year head coach, and learning the ropes. And then when they fire Griffin, he asked them why. He's looking for some type of an explanation. And they say, well, it doesn't matter. It's already done, according to Doc. And so that's why he had some hesitation. Is that why, uh, even after the initial reports that the Bucks were closing in on a deal with Doc, that it didn't get done for a few days? And now he steps into what wasn't a mess, but has become a mess because of the upheaval. The team is below 500, way below 500 since he took over. The defense hasn't gotten a whole lot better. Dame is having one of the worst seasons of his career, and... The Bucks are falling off the pace in the Eastern Conference. After winning 30 games with Griffin, now you're going the wrong way under Doc Rivers. And there's all kinds of talk about making another change. I mean, Doc's reputation precedes him. And 
he's been fired so many times now, let go in so many places, and then rehired. That in of itself can make your head spin. Not to mention the job he's being asked to do, which is get the Bucks championship ready. Hmm. Not on the players, but it's on the coach. What is the toughest job in sports? By the way, that Doc Rivers soundbite from Sirius XM NBA Radio. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Coach is definitely up there. It is hard on the ticker. Although some of you believe it's not as hard as being a fan. Like Dave, who says being a Cleveland sports fan. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know if I'd call it a job. I would call it a choice. I would call it a decision. I would call it a disease in some cases. I'm just teasing. You all know my mom's whole side of the family is from Northeast Ohio. So come by it, honestly. 855-212-4227. Mike is listening in Pebble Beach. Mike, welcome to the show. Uh, Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, Love your show. I appreciate that. So uh, real quick, I've got uh, the answer to the toughest job, but I've got the flip side answer to your Bill Buckner. (laughs) Okay. Bucky Dent. Oh, one really massive home run. Yes. Aaron Boone as well, actually. If you're wondering about Aaron Boone's career. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, Also, a comment on your movies. Uh, Two favorite sports movies of mine growing up. uh, The movie Le Mans with Steve McQueen. Okay, I don't think I ever saw it, but I certainly know who Steve McQueen is. Yeah, great movie. Racing movie about the racetrack Le Mans. I think it was 1969. And the other movie was Walter Matthau and Tatum O'Neill, Bad News Bears. Now, see, that one I saw when I was a kid. I remember my mom letting us watch that. That was funny. That was a good movie. It was. Okay, so for the toughest job, mm-hmm. how about golf caddy for Charles Barkley? <laughs> well, at least you get tipped really well. Yes, you do. He's a good <laughs> tipper, actually. I like that answer. I, I, the thing is, Charles is not going to listen. So maybe your job isn't all that tough. Uh, you can give him distances. You can give him pin placements. You can make recommendations on clubs. But ultimately, he's going to not only do what he wants, but he's going to take the credit when it goes well. Oh, you're totally right. <laughs> he uh, Oftentimes, when in doubt, he picks up a phone in his pocket and he calls Tiger Woods. Well... That's nice, considering Tiger can't see a darn thing from where he is, but okay. (laughs) Nice to have Tiger on speed dial for situations like that. Exactly. All right, Mike, good to talk to you. Thanks so much for your phone call. Good to talk to you. Have a good show. Thank you. Let's talk to Tommy, who's in Toronto. Before we take our break, Tommy, what's the toughest job in sports? Hey, Amy, it's not even close. First of all, um, I want to tell you something. You and my wife share the same initials and the same last name. And we I drive her to work. She works at the airport up here in Toronto. Okay. We listen to your show all on the way there, on the way back. I um, the hardest job in sports is being a Buffalo Bills kicker. <laughs> and I, I know David stole my thunder earlier, and you touched on it earlier, but... I would hate to follow Tyler Bass, whoever the next kicker is. Mm. is <laughs> it's not going to be easy. Um, 
So that is by far the toughest job in sports. And Wait, did, just out of curiosity, because I guess I missed this, did he get cut? Did he get biffed? Oh, I don't know. I, I think oh, he's okay. still on the team. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just saying whoever's, you know, the pipeline coming forward. Um, but at, the other thing you, you commented on earlier was about coaching. And I don't like sports because you they're recycling all these coaches. And when you've talked about the Miami Heat, that is by far the best model. They stuck with this coach. Mm-hmm. He's a good coach. Yes. Whether you win or you have a bad season, you stick with him and you move forward with the team. You can't be a good coach one year. I'm in Toronto. We right. fired two coaches who won coaches of the year. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Casey. Yeah. Right? The next year we win a championship. Well, he might have had something to do with that. Yes, he definitely did. And then Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse. Right? It, it's either you're a good coach or a bad coach. But, uh, again, it's, it's, it's hard to see. Like, you know, uh, we got Sean McDermott in Buffalo. I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan. And I, I sort of want to see him go because I think he's reached his maximum. Ah. I, I really do. You got the best. I think Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league. Um, it's a bias, but sure, he's the best quarterback in the league, and he deserves a better coach than Sean McDermott. Wow. Yeah. So the coach has nothing to do with the success of Josh Allen to this point? I, I just think he's holding him back. He's too defensive. Let him loose, right? Like he's you're, – you're too worried about him getting hurt. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, and I do know they made the O coordinator change, and they allowed Josh to do to do a little more running, to be a little more mobile, and that works well, and he is built like Cam Newton. People don't realize that. But I still don't think the Bills' formula for success is Josh Allen leading them in running. I think that's a bad idea. You might be right, right? <laughs> All I'm saying is he has a rocket arm. He, he does. Can, he can toss the ball everywhere he wants to. But if if there's a if there's a lane for him to run, let him run. Mm. Well, I would agree with that. I mean, he's he's the one who's out there and can see it. All right, Tommy. Anyway, good to talk to you. Love your show. Thank, Thank you. So you. Much. I appreciate that. Tell your wife hello for me. Thank you. All right. Take care. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. But straight ahead, ask Amy anything. It is the first time for producer Ryan, who has been. Uh, furiously going over your questions on both Twitter and Facebook. Oh, one more that I just got from Justin. Uh, the toughest job in sports is playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. That might actually be true. Kicker for the Bills and quarterback for the Cowboys. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can send the last few questions. I don't know if you'll see them, but on Twitter, after our CBS or on our Facebook page. And then what is the toughest job in sports? That's our question for you. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Time to ask Amy anything. Sort of. again but it's gonna sound a little different and maybe it's gonna feel a little different too because i have no idea how ryan is going to pose these questions but he has looked through all of your responses on both twitter and facebook and he says he is armed and dangerous and ready to go and this may be the toughest job in sports right here on the hump show ask amy anything ryan Stepping in for producer Jay. Now, here's the deal, Ryan. A lot of times I don't even bother doing it when when Jay is on vacation. Uh, he gets very jealous, by the way. But uh, the other reason is because some guys just can't handle the pressure. So we'll see. Of asking we'll questions? See. Yeah, well, just coming up with the questions. I told you the last time Manny filled in, his entire, he, he hand wrote them. He had an entire eight and a half by 11 slip of paper covered with questions. He was very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, uh, if I blame anyone, it's the listeners. Oh, okay. That's that's nice. So if it's not good me, start. It's, it's a good me. start right there. <laughs> it's, it's the listeners if they're bad questions. All right. Uh, one question stuck out to me. It was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was what is the most difficult part of being part of the media? And you can't say the hours. I can't say the hours. You can't say hours. Well, can I say low pay? Because that's a major <laughs> part of it. You know it. You sit in that chair. You're just getting started right now. People come up with these crazy ideas about how I must have a personal assistant. Why don't I have a driver? Why don't this? Why don't I for fly first class? La, la, la. Yeah. I work in radio. I work in radio. We, we do not make a lot of money. So I would say for the majority of my career, low pay has been a major issue, along with the fact, and this is just me personally, but I have moved all over the country. I've been away from my mom and, and sometimes within driving distance, but never more than eight hours, never, never inside of eight hours drive. And now I have to fly. 
I've moved all over the country for this job, this career that I love. And, you know, it created a lot of sacrifices in my personal life. Now, it's an amazing job, and I wouldn't trade it. But for years, I chased it without a whole lot to show for it. So it was a slow burn, and it was... Uh, one that required moving all over the country, starting over many times, having to leave behind family and friends. So the personal sacrifices, those were those were a lot. I mean, I, I think that's one reason why I didn't get married until so much later in life. So, yeah, I would say low pay and the personal sacrifice that it required to move all over and chase the job. Well, I, f- I feel it with that one. All right. But Kathy on Facebook, mm-hmm. how is Bob adjusting to life on the East Coast? Yeah, he actually likes it. It's been a lot of adjustment for both of us because I lived alone for more than 20 years, and now he's there all the time because he works from home. Uh, He obviously left Texas where it does not get cold. It doesn't snow the way that it has here. But he found himself some snow boots. He's got some some fat gloves and a coat. He actually wears a hat outside every now and then, though he's still in search of his own hat. He's been wearing one of mine, which is kind of funny, one of my Broncos hats, uh, knit hats. And... I take the dogs out when it's the coldest temp. So, like, in the mornings, right now in my neighborhood, the wind chills are in the low, the low, like, uh, really, I mean, they're like 10, 11. So, low teens, 10, 11. It's frigid out. So, he does not walk the dogs in the morning. I take them out last thing at night. Um, So, I, I think that he's adjusting pretty well. But he's also moved away from his family. They're all in Texas. So, he's going back for a visit on Thursday. And I know he's looking forward, really, to seeing his mom and some other family. Now to the real thought-provoking questions oh, here. Oh, okay. Jonathan, are they t- about food? Well, that's that's later. That's oh, later. Oh, oh, gotcha. Jonathan on Twitter is a zebra, a mm-hmm. white horse with black stripes, mm-hmm. or a black horse with white stripes. It's not a horse. It's a zebra. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. It is a white horse with black stripes, black markings. They're not really stripes. They're kind of zany. I think it's a white animal with black markings. Hmm. I think it's the other way. <laughs> Do you? Because good thing it's not ask Ryan anything, huh? <laughs> okay. I'm just teasing. Okay. So you think it's the other way? Now I'm gonna have to Google a picture of a zebra just to be sure I know what I'm talking about. It's like one of those optical illusions where you can see someone is. going left or right. Yes. No. It's awesome. I love the question. The, the easy answer is the zebra. So it's both. Right. But that that's not one of the options. Yeah. No. I'm going white with black markings. Hmm. It's black with white, but we're going to move on. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Another Kathy on Facebook asked, what is your favorite thing to do in spring other than watch sports? Oh, it's not my favorite. See, people get that wrong. I do like sports. I love radio. I just happen to be a radio host who talks about sports. I'm good at sports. I know sports. But if I lost the sports and kept the radio, I would be okay. If I did a radio show about something else, I would still be okay. So, again, I I do not watch sports on my free time. When I am not working, I do not watch sports. When I go on dates previously to getting married, I didn't didn't want to talk sports. Are you kidding me? Uh, Anyway, sorry. A little bit of side hustle there. Uh, What do I do? My favorite thing to do in spring is to, uh, to get outside, to go hiking, to see the flowers, to take photos of the green grass and the green trees. So, yeah, I just, I love to breathe in the spring air. I love to be outside uh, and not have to wear a heavy coat and a hat and gloves and all that jazz. I love to take road trips in the spring. So, just to be out, right? That's my favorite thing in spring is to be out. I hate the spring. 
What? My allergies are oh, so bad. Oh, okay. You know what? Last year was my first time ever dealing with allergies. Believe it or not, it's a problem for some people as they get older or just old in my case. And so, yeah, I have allergies now for the first time ever. In 2023, they really affected my vocal cords. And I didn't know it was happening until about September when I went and had this allergy test where they prick you with all those different like allergens. Oh, it's the itchiest thing ever. Uh, and found out that I'd become severely allergic to a couple of different things like ragweed. I don't yeah. know where you'd find that. Yeah, I. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, it is. You mentioned being at home earlier in the mm-hmm. show. John from Facebook asked for what would your comfort food be on a diner alongside of the road? Ooh. And he asked for any specific diners in New Hampshire. Oh, gosh. I haven't been there in a really long time. I'd have to look up and see even if I can remember the names of some of them. My favorite diner food is omelets, though. I got to tell you, omelets at a diner are delicious. And you can put anything in them that or the homemade pies that they have in the glass cases right when you walk in the front door delicious uh sweet potato fries another one that i really like at diners so those would be some of my favorite things after i run a half marathon i generally go to a diner near where i live and have a huge omelet sweet potato pie or sweet potato fries excuse me and a piece of coconut cream pie that's my reward for running a half marathon another food question i love food questions Is it really food? It's more of a snack. Okay. S'mores. Yes. What is your opinion on them? And for some reason, we were asked, how do you make them? Well, you know you can make them in the microwave. Yeah, but I tried it, and the marshmallow exploded, and I had to clean it up. Heavens. Yeah, that's a problem. Definitely cover it up with something. Uh, It's not as good in the microwave, but it'll suffice when you can't go out and fire up a fire pit. So for me, it's a fire pit. I didn't have a honeymoon yet, but we went away for a couple of days post-wedding to a lake, and there was a fire pit, and my new hubs promised me we would have s'mores, and s'mores we did. In fact, there's a photo that I put on Twitter uh, that showed us with our our uh, marshmallows roasting over the fire. By the way, as a new member of After Hours and the crew, you'll have to do Chubby Bunny with us. Oh, in, my God. Are, we, are we talking normal size marshmallows yes. or the jumbo ones? We're talking normal size. Just okay. Normal size marshmallows, come on. Because if you go jumbo, that's when you're pushing it. That's that that's that's a health issue. <laughs> it's a danger. I thought of a question. Is oh, that cheat is nice. that cheating? No, it's okay. Okay. You love Star Wars, I found out yes, recently. Love. What color lightsaber would you choose? Well, orange is my favorite color. The problem is orange is generally associated with the dark side, not the light side. So you're on the dark side. No, I'm on the light side, but I love orange. So if I can't have orange because it sends the wrong message, I'd go purple, like Mace Windu. Mm. Uh-huh. The fact that Samuel Jackson wanted that specifically, yes. and that's the only reason he took it, that's Dug it. one of the best things. Dug it. Another question about passion. Okay. Jeff, he asked, what defining moment gave you your passion for sports? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I was a teenager and I was falling in love with with the NBA, really cutting my teeth on the NBA. And it was Larry Bird and it was the Celtics and their starting five that was Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale and Danny Ainge and Dennis Johnson. And we could not watch them on TV where I lived out in the boonies in Concord, New Hampshire because we didn't have cable when I was growing up. And so I had to listen on the radio and I fell in love with the idea of telling a story, describing the action on the radio in a way that people didn't feel like they were missing anything simply because they couldn't see it with their own eyes. And a radio junkie was born. And 
Final question, as I hear countless number of music songs in the bed. <laughs> yes. Uh, crazy bed. <laughs> I know. One person, specific Martin, on Facebook, yes, has he ever been to a real, real, all caps, real. Grateful Dead show when Jerry was alive or Bruce Springsteen show? No, neither one my type of music. I'm not really, that's not me. Grateful Dead is kind of before my time anyway. Bruce Springsteen's still very relevant. I will say probably my oldest type of artist that I've ever seen in concert, Billy Joel, in the, in the garden, in Madison Square Garden twice, and it was worth every penny. Yeah, I went to see him recently for New Year's Eve. Oh. First time I ever played UBS. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So we hope that Ryan passed the test. Uh, and, and even though it can be the toughest job in sports, that asking Amy your questions, uh, at least as he gets his feet wet, dips his toe in the water there, uh, that it passed the test. Now, I always go back and answer more of your questions that I can do without writing a, a novel on either Twitter or Facebook. So I will respond with some of my quick answers. If you go back and check social over the course of the day on Wednesday, what is the tough and jo- toughest job in sports, if not mine? <laughs> it's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 